Okay, this is the special Thursday night edition of the uh, Parsha Shir, Parsha's Bahalos Chatafshin Ayin Aleph, on Isru Chag, or um, it's Motzai uh, Yantif in Chutzlars, those of you who uh, will listen to this, trying to get this in before the before the uh, before Shabbos, because uh, you can't skip Baloscha. It's just one of those parshas. We shouldn't say that every parsha we should say that about, but specifically Baloscha. It is known that this is one of Rav Salvechik's favorite parshias. There's so much in Baloscha, so many different topics. Uh, so Baruch Hashem, we'll have the chance to talk about a few few in Yanim in Baloscha over the next couple of minutes. Okay, parsha starts off by Davar Hashem Moshe Leimar. Hashem says to Moshe, Baha es haneros when you. Light up the candles, El Mul Pnei Amenora, Ya'iru Shivasaneros. Towards the Pnei Amenora, Ya'iru Shivasaneros, the candles shall be lit up. So let's have two ideas, first two thoughts related to the Hadlakas Haneros in the Beis Amigdash. We discussed in the past the Ramban, we're not going to go into that now, about, uh, quoting Chazal, what does Baalos have to do with the end of Parshas Naso? Aaron Cohen was very sad because all the other Nassim brought a carbon, except his shave it was left out. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, don't worry about it, you'll get, you'll get Neiris Hanukkah. And that'll be something that'll be eternal and that made Aaron uh, appeased somewhat. That we discussed in past years. But related to that, uh, Rav Shimshon Pincus, the Tefer Shimshon in source number one, tells us that there are three mitzvahs that have to do with candles. Three mitzvahs that we do. Three times we light candles. Line five. B'ner Shabbos u'b'ner Chan, or, or even before that. Line, let's start from the beginning. Yudum Tiver Chazal. Haragel b'ner havilim banim tamidah chachamim. He who is ragil, who is accustomed and careful in candles, in the lighting, the, the mitzvahs that have to do with candles, havilim banim tamidah chachamim. He will have righteous children. Hainu, shiashnam gimel mitzvos. Hanasos ha'idi havakas ner. There are three mitzvahs that have to do with lighting candles. Umiskula son, and there is a special schooler related to these. Shahamahadr Bahen, Those who are careful with these candles will be Zochet to have proper children, righteous children. What are those mitzvos? Ner Shabbos, Ner Chanukah, and Ner Beis HaMikdash. Ner Beis HaMikdash or Ner Beis HaKnesses in our day and age. Three mitzvos that we do. Biner Shabbos or Biner Chanukah, Roy Lahadish, you have a Nora Pamutim, no Muhudarim. Ner Shabbos, Ner Chanukah, we have a, a silver, uh, a silver Leichter, and we have a Chanukiyot, beautiful, and you try to do it, Behinder Mitz in the most beautiful way. Vshu Anir is Gedolim, Vyafim, beautiful candles that glow. Vyadlakatia, Bisman Hanachon, and Kohelchosekadin, we try to do it in the best way possible, as well as though in Shul, as well as in Shul. But Rav Pinkus says, you know what you see from this Chazal? That if we light candles properly, if we take it seriously, and we do it behidura, that we get, we're zochet to a reward, by every mitzvah that we do, that represents an ace rutzon in our lives. And whenever we do a mitzvah, any mitzvah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is ready to listen to our tefillahs. There's a special opportunity. The whole day we could talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But especially when we are involved in a mitzvah, that's a special opportunity to ask for siyata d'shmaya. Ube'emes, first he talks specifically about neiris, and then he'll branch off. Yeshna'od mitzvah chashuvah nasa, they take a neiris. He gives another example, expanding on the neiris, not specifically these. Valyadu yachol lezakos adam lebanim tovim v'chashuvim. Fumashamur chazali kosa medrash. Bipnimah zacha sha'ul lemalchus. Why was Shaul HaMelech chosen to be the one, to be the first king of Israel? Because his ancestor used to light 
make sure people wouldn't have darkness in the alleyways, darkness in the streets. He used to make sure there was light. And because he did this mitzvah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed light upon his family and gave him the Malchus, the first king. Someone who lights for those who are in the darkness. It's a great schus. Why does that happen? Because when there is there is an ace ratzon, says Rapinkas, whenever we are involved in a mitzvah, Akash Prabhu tries to see what can I do for this person related to that mitzvah. And he says, He says, We have it in our day. We think, oh, we can't do this anymore. Only the days of Shaul's ancestor. Sometimes, says Rapinkas, you live in an apartment building, and the light in the hallway goes out. Or you know, you live anywhere, and it is in your control to fix the light, to do something that will help people get around. And so they're like, okay, somebody else will do it, it'll eventually get done. So it's a pinkest, that's an opportunity. In the stairwell. Some joint areas. A lot of time the bulbs go out. Everybody's scared what's going to happen there. And this is a great opportunity. Be'em is skipping two lines, and here where he branches out. In Yizem Moa B'chol Mitzvah, Sh'yesh Baskulo L'Dabar Mesuyam. What's the message of Chazal if we're careful with candles? We get Banim Talmidei Chachamim. Neros symbolizes wisdom. Ki Ner Mitzvah V'Torah Or. Ner symbolizes wisdom, and that's why you get Banim Talmidei Chachamim. But really every mitzvah says Rav Pinkus. Whenever we do a mitzvah, Ayde Asiyas HaMitzvah Niftachim Sha'arei Shamayim. Lagabe Oso Hadavar. The Shamayim are open. Va'az hi asha'a ha'nechona lehispalel ulevakesh b'yakadosh baruchu. So we dafka, we dafka ask at those times. We find examples of this that we don't even think about. Right? We just finished the great mitzvah, Sirius Omer. Right after we do the mitzvah. What's the mitzvah? The mitzvah is to count every night for 49 days in a row. Hayom yom. What do we do right after that? Harachaman hu yachzer lanu avodes beis amigdash lamkoma b'mher of yameinu. Why do we have to do that then? Okay, because we don't have it. We don't have the real carbon over the base of Mikdash, so we wish. It's more than that. It's deeper. If we're doing a mitzvah related to the Omer, so then that's an ace run. So Hashem says, ask me for something. So we ask for something related to the Omer. We ask for the base of Mikdash. We ask, we want it, because Dafka then is an ace run. whenever we do a mitzvah, there's a tremendous, that the heavens are open in Shemayim to help us. If you look at the next source for a minute, the Chavetz Chaim says the same exact idea in his Haggadah about benching. What do we do by benching? We bench. We thank Hashem for the food. That's much, benching is much more than that. We've mentioned in the past. Only the first brach is about food. After that, there's nothing mentioned about food. We mentioned Binyan Yerushalayim, Malchus Beisavid, Bris Mila, Eretz Yisrael, Torah, all these wonderful Jewish values that uh, we mentioned in Birchas HaMazon. It's not just about the food. That's the first bracha. But after we do the whole mitzvah, right, all four brachas, Daraisa, Darabana, what do we do? Harachaman, 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 Harachaman. What do we make all those Harachamans for? Right, if I'm really from, I'll say, oh, I don't say those Harachamans. But, 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 right, right, but the halavai, we should be learned, uh, using every other second of the rest of the day properly, that we should say, oh, I'm going to skip the Harachamans and, if somebody has that minute, wonderful. But we always have to make sure that we're not just doing it out of, you know, getting a shorter benching. But uh, we're doing it because, you know, if we're involved or we're going back to learning, whatever it is. But if not, a beautiful tefillah. So what do we say? Harachem and Harachem and Harachem. And the Chavis says, what are we doing there? Because there's a tremendous Eitz Ratzon. We just did Birchas Hamazan. That's the only bracha that's for sure Mida Araisa. Maybe there's one other. 
But that one's for sure. We see brachas all day. They're all the Rabbanon. One bracha, that's Daraisa. That's benching. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, what do you want? What do you want? That's exactly why we do that. That comes from right here also. Haragil Bener. Somebody takes the Nair seriously. Somebody is careful. So then his tefillahs will be answered or will be listened to in in Shemayim. That's what the Chavaz Chaim says. Adam HaZochot LiYeshua Yeda Shoha Eis HaMesugelis LiYeshua Hilachar HaSiyas HaMitzvah When we do a mitzvah Azai Nishmas Tefillah SuBiyoseh That's when our tefillahs are heard even more. B'schus HaMitzvah Shekiyem In B'schus of the mitzvah. And that is why we find these are just two examples there are more where we have tefillahs connected uh, right after we do the mitzvah. Even uh, at the end of the previous uh, source, at the end of source number one, Rapinkus even says it's not just for women with the neiros. Right, the special key in for the men to set up the candles. Right, the Rabbi Kiva Eger's diuk on the Mishnah in Masechah Shabbos, where the Rabbi Kiva Eger points out, the Mishnah says that uh, there are three mitzvahs that women are especially connected to: Nida, Chala, and Avlakas Aner. Chana is the Rashi Tevis. Nida, Chala, Avlakas Aner. So the answer Rabbi Kiva Eger on Mishnah is. It's not parallel. Nida chala ner, or hafrushas chala hadlokas aner. Or why do you mention the verb and just mention one word? Nida chala ner. That would be parallel. Nida chala hadlokas aner. What's the emphasis of hadlokas aner? Says Rabbi Kivayger because the men are supposed to set it up. The women do the hadlokas aner. They do the lighting. But the hachonas aner, the men are the same chiv with the women for the, for the, for the candles. It's just that. The men are this for the women to light the candles for the man. Just like the man makes kiddush for the woman, they have the same exact obligation. The, man, the woman lights candles for a man. If a woman's not home, then the husband lights candles. Uh, but that is, Rabbi Kiddegger says, because the man is supposed to set up the candles. You can do it Thursday night if he's going to work all day on Friday. It's not a dinner Friday. Oh, I'm going to get home too late. Do it Thursday night. There's no excuse. Just do it. But that's so when a, when a man sets up the candles, he should also think about its feel of then because he's taking part in the mitzvah too. But that's our first episode of the evening that mitzvahs represent opportunities for a sratzon, and therefore we could use the time to ask a kaddish bar. Number one. Number two. Also related to the nair. Look at Rashi. Continue reading in the in the, the sukim. Love, light the candles. Aaron did it. describes the menorah is miksha zahav. Miksha, it is one unit of solid gold that is chiseled out to make it. Very, very challenging to think about to make the, the menorah. Like Hashem showed Moshe. Moshe made it. Kenos has a menorah. Rashi, what does it mean that he showed him? Sheher eyu hakadosh baruch hu beetzba. Hashem showed him kaviyachol with his finger. Lefisha niskashaba because Moshe couldn't figure it out. Niskashaba, it was difficult. He didn't know what to do. Lakach namar vizeh. That's vizeh. He showed Moshe. This is what, how you do it. This is what you do. He showed him the plan beforehand, and then Moshe's like, oh, okay, now I know what to do. Says Reb Nissen Alpert, Limude Nissen. Let me explain this Rashi with a marshal. What's Rashi getting at? 
Ubiarti alpi mashal source number three. Shenasu shnei anashim chomer lebinyan bayis veitzem avan of afar. Two men were given supplies, raw materials to build a house. They were given wood and stones and dirt, upatish and hammers, umageros and soas. They lived in bayis. They were given everything. Echon mehem halach lenagar lomod melechas abinyan. One of them then said, I have all these materials. I have no idea what to do. Let me go to a carpenter to ask him, to apprentice by him a little bit. I'll learn exactly how to build a house. I'll have a plan in my head. I'll know what to do. I'll know what the goal is. And then I'll build a house. So one of them went and did that. But the second guy said, I have all these materials. Let me start. And he starts building. And he starts putting the wood and the cement and the stones and the dirt and the and he builds a piece. He's like, uh oh, this doesn't look right. It's not steady. Got to take this piece off. I got to cut over here. Uh, this side is not even. Got to start. Got to take it apart. Gotta... He has all the materials, but he doesn't have a plan. He doesn't know where he's going. He starts it through his own hands. He cut the wood. He's like, oh, I cut it too short. Oh, I cut it too long. Uberosa shachadach yosem idakitzer. So he's got to cut it short. He's got to cut it longer. Keeps making mistakes. Ukshenasa umar verasa livnos bias. Roshik for azalachomer. And then finally he's like, okay, it's going to run out of supplies. There's only he already used it and he had to cut off and he ruined it. Two people. Vekenu chayi haadam. Says the limude nisen. This is life. This is what life's about. What did Hakadosh Baruch Hu show Moshe? He showed him the menorah. Moshe was niskasha. He said, look, look at the menorah and now, now build it. The menorah, as we said before, symbolizes wisdom, symbolizes chachmas achayim, symbolizes a plan of life that every Jew has. Every Jew is shown by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the menorah. And now, okay, now go build it. Hazman katsar v'amalacha merubah, as it says in Perka Yavos. Ve'en dai pranam l'nasos, kamadarche achayim, im zeyuchshar ozeyuchshar. You know, let me try this way of life. That doesn't work. Let me try this one. I'll cut and paste. I'll do this. I'll do that. There's not enough time. 120 years doesn't give us that, that ability to try out different things unless we have the plan in front of us. We could always accomplish. But imagine, let's say, if Rabbi Akiva would have learned the Aleph base before he was 40. We can't ask that question. But look what it, that's what, until 40. But we are each given Kalim and Kochos. And what do we do? We just go and build. But we build like, uh-oh, I didn't mean that. No, before we do something, before we live, we have to look at the blueprint. We have to look at exactly how we're supposed to do what we're supposed to be doing. Right? What's a Shabbos? we got to know about a Shabbos before we're like involved in a Shabbos. Like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, I never knew that. The more we study about it, the more we study about anything. Gave us the blueprint. That's the Yiddish for the evening. Right, do this. This is the blueprint. This is the plans. Once heard a story by Bichasko Levenstein, the Mashkiach uh, in One time he was uh, always known for uh, extreme asceticism. Extreme asceticism. He didn't, uh, never was involved in the world. One time is is Tamidim somebody they want they wanted to get him a present, so they bought him a toaster. Bought him a toaster, 1950s. Bought him a toaster. So he's like unwraps it. He has no idea what it is. He unwraps it and he comes. He opens the box and and all of a sudden he sees it comes with a little instruction kit and then a a, a toaster and he's like 
by asking, he's asking somebody, then what is it? They're like, no, this is this is the this is the toasted. You put the bread, you put the bread in here, and it toasted. And he, here, if you need it, these are the instructions. It says instructions, and he starts dancing. He starts dancing with the with the instructions, and he's celebrating. He's like, they're like, Rebbe, you okay? He's like, no, you don't understand. He's like, oh, it's unbelievable. Rebbe, Rebbe, calm down. It's just instructions to a toaster. You know what? What exactly is outside of the bag? He says, you don't understand. This toaster, it's a small little cleave. It's a nothing, right? So one, one mechanic made it, and he and and for this little simple thing that all you got to do is put bread into it, and you press the button down, and it pops up by itself. For that, you need instructions. Kolshik, and you think about the world. You think about the whole universe. How complex, how many parts, how, how complicated it is. You think somebody would have built it without instructions? This is a raya that a Kaddish Baruch Hu gave us instructions. This is the raya that the Torah is our instructions. Haraya, and that's why I'm dancing. If this little nothing needs instructions, Kol Shekane, that the Olam needs instructions. And if the Olam needs instructions, what are those? What, somebody would have given, this, given us the world without... They put instructions into the toaster. Of course, they put instructions into much more... Um, complicated uh, brios, which obviously is the world. Limud Nisan says, the Torah is our instructions. We've got to see them in front of us and in that way be able to be able to learn uh, exactly what to do. And that's the message we get from Moshe Rabbeinu. Last line, the Adush says that Torah, the menorah symbolizes Torah. Show us the menorah. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to follow the wisdom. So please show us. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu was bezak him and gave it to him. Okay. Moving right along. Perches Pasig Yutes. What to talk about in this parsha? So we have the Levium. We have the beginning is the menorah, and then we have the Levium being sanctified. The Pazak is the Pazak Vav. Kachas Levium, he talked when he saw Vatihartosam. Purify the Levium, shave them. Aaron Akoin magically and miraculously lifts up all the Levium. That Pazak is like one of the most amazing Pazakim in all the Torah. Right? Pazak Yudalaf. The Hainif Aaron Asal Levium, Tenufa. Aaron waved the Levium. The hundreds of Levium. Aaron uh, ate his Wheaties that morning. It is unbelievable. He lifts up all the Levium. And it continues. And then, and then they come. And the Pasuk says, at, in Pasuk Yudtes, I gave the Levium to Aaron and his children. They're going to do the Avoda. So if we focus on this Pasuk, Pasuk Yudtes, it says B'nai Yisrael five times in the Pasuk. Hazal picked up on that. Not too many psukim like this in all the Torah. Maybe this is the only one. Where it says the words B'nai Yisrael five times in one Pasuk. Rashi says, Chamesh pa'amim ne'emar B'nai Yisrael b'mikrazu. Five times. Lahodiach ibasan. To teach us how much he loves us. Shenechpulu az kerosayen b'mikra echad keminyan chamish echum Torah. Five times like the five books of the Torah. The chakra is to be gracious rabbi. Says Rashi, five times B'nai Yisrael, five times in the Torah. Question one. Obvious question. Out of all the Psukim, in all the Torah, that Hashem could mention B'nai Yisrael five times because He loves us. 
It's stuck here in Baloscha where Hashem is saying to Leviim, I'm taking you from B'nai Yisrael and you're going to be sanctified to me? What does that have to do with B'nai Yisrael? Hashem loving B'nai Yisrael. It's like that's the opposite. This is about the Leviim because the, uh, B'nai Yisrael blew it because of the ego. So Leviim, no more firstborns. So why is it alluded to here? A second question, an amazing question that I, I never thought of before until the Shem and asked it. What did Rashi say? Like the minion Chamisha Chumshe Torah. Why do we call it Chamisha Chumshe Torah? Isn't that a double Lashon? Chumshe Torah. Chamisha Sifre Torah. Right? What do we say? Shisha Shisha Mishnah? We don't say that. We say Shisha Sidre Mishnah. The six Siddharim of Mishnayas. We should say Chamisha Sifre Torah. The five books of the Torah. But we don't say that. Chamisha Chumshe Torah. What, what's the double Lashon? We all, we all, we've said it a million times in our life. Did we ever think about it? What it means? Chamisha Chum Torah. Where's the parallel? Right? That's it. That's the Kasha of the Shem Why is B'nai Yisrael already here five times? And what does Rashi mean? Kaminyan Chamisha Chum Torah. It's not even what we say. Rashi said it. Chamisha Chum Torah. What's the emphasis? Says the Shem Anatov in Chela Dalad. Mind six. Bahanira Bazet. On the one hand, every sefer in the Torah is an independent and unique entity. As we mentioned, every sefer has its own name. Brashas is sefer hayashar, says the Gemara of Zara Dafchafe. Vayikra Torah's Kohanim. He doesn't quote Shmos. Shmos is sefer Agula, according to the Ramban. Vayikra is Torah's Kohanim. Dvarim is Mishnah Torah. Everyone has his own name. On the one hand, but But you got to make sure not to read the Torah in a vacuum. One and one and one and one. They're not separate. They're separate but together. They're five. They're chamisha. They're each five, but they're chumshe. They're a fifth of chamisha chumshe Torah, and you can't separate them, right? Even though, you know, even Dafka in this parsha where we have the, the, the backwards nun, so maybe there are seven parshas. But well, I said there are five. I said there are five. So there's five, and there are fifth. It's exactly what we discussed and what many mafarshim discuss about the flags. To call Shevet Obelatzma, every Shevet has his own flag with his own color, with his own symbol. But they all, they all encamp around, in one unit around the Aaron. And this is what it says in Perkyavos. If I'm not, if I don't do it myself, nobody's going to do it for me. Independence. But if I'm, I'm, if I'm doing it by myself, I'm not going to accomplish. It's the balance of the Chamisha and the Chumshe. And that's why it's alluded to Dafka here. Because what's the Baruch doing? He's taking the Levium and saying that they are special. And they are unique and they have a special job amongst Klai Yisrael. The Baruch wanted to tell them, but don't think you're a different nation. Don't think you're raised up now and you know, there's B'nai Yisrael and there's B'nai Levium. 
Even though they are chosen to be raised, they have a Maila, but they are over and over and over again to realize you're still part of this nation. You're still part of Am Yisrael. And that's Dafka, why Hamisha, Chumshe Torah is alluded to in this Pasuk. Oh, that's a take home, Hamisha, Chumshe Torah. Okay, here we go. Next major section in the, in the text is Pesach Sheini. Parakas. Pesach Sheini, the story of those who were Tameh, you come to Moshe Rabbeinu, Lama Nigara, why should we be left out? It's not fair. Right? Those, those Jews who yearn to do mitzvos. And what is, what is Moshe Rabbeinu's reaction? Moshe has been Yisrael. He says, do the Pesach. Why should we be left out? Let me tell you what Hashem's going to say. What does that mean? Chazal pointed out Moshe didn't know the answer. Hashem had to tell him. Moshe didn't know the answer. Chazal pick up on, and they're put together by Rebetzion Firer and Hegyon Shal Torah. We'll come back to five in a minute. You go to number six. There are four places in the Torah where Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know the answer. Four places. Here's one of them. Right here by Carbon, Carbon uh, Pesach Sheni. Where else do we have it? We have it by, where does he list them? He lists them in the... Continuation. Continuation. Turn the page for a minute. Turn the page for a minute. He lists all four of them. Line eight. Enyan chirufa v'gidufa shaben Yisraelis. By the Megadev. By the Megadev, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know what to do. Tameim lenefesh adam po, here. Mekoshesh eitzim. The Mekoshesh later on. The gather of the wood on Shabbos. And the no slavchad. Right, what to do. Slavchad died. The daughters want a chilek in Eretz Yisrael. Those are the four. Rebetia Fira points out that the Targum Yonasan ben Uziel, back in Source 5, one of the Targumim says that in two of these, let's read it, go back to Source 5 for a minute. V'deinu chad min arba'ahi dinim, di alu kada Moshe neviyah, this is one of the four dinim that came in front of Moshe, v'danya sona pomemra de la'el minhon, he had to go to the one above. Dina Mamona, Uminhon Dina Nachasa. Some of them had to do with Nafashos, life and death, like the Magadef and the Makoshesh, and some of them had to do with what he calls Dini Mamanis, which is Pesach Sheni and Broslavchad. Broslavchad is for sure Dini Mamanis. Bedine Mamona have Moshe Zariz. Bedine Nafshasa have Matun. Says Rabbi Yonasa Menuziel. Moshe Rabbeinu acted with Zrizos when it came to the Mominus, which are the carbon Pesach, Shani ones, and Beno Slavchad. But when it comes to the Nefashis, the Megadev, the Cursor of God, and the Mekoshesh, the one who gathered wood, those two we acted with patience, with Metinus. So what Yom Zeman says, Ezra Vesiafurer, where do we see any difference in how Moshe acted? He didn't know the answer by any of them. By all four of them, he had to figure out what to do. But Yerushalayim puts all these together, and the question is, what exactly does he mean? What exactly does he mean? Just the pickup of these four is uh, is fascinating. Let's see, line nine now in Rebbe Zion Fuhrer, 
L'chorah goti muvan. Lama karan ha-targumim ha-eles she-eles Moshe mi-pi Hashem dinos ha-macharvi magadev v'dinos ha-makoshi yeche metinos. Moshe Rabbeinu asked, what should I do? Why was that called metinos? Patience with uh, acting in a slow manner. Metunim badin. V'ilu she-elato mi-pi Hashem dinam shaltameim lanefesh but here in Baibad Oslavchad it's rizus. What's, what's the difference? And it sounds like Moshe is being praised. How did he act differently in either case? So says that Yonah Shaltor, Baram. You don't catch it until he points it out. If somebody looks at the Pesukim in all these four cases, he will see. Moshe did act differently. If you analyze the Pesukim very closely, Moshe did not do the same thing by the Makoshish and the Megadev versus B'noslavchan and Pesach Shein. What do you mean? B'shnei ha-mikrim ha-rishonim. Klomar. B'dinin ha-fashis. By the Mekoshesh and the Megadef. Moshe lo sha'al mipi Hashem dinam. We do not find in the text that Moshe asked Hashem, what should I do? We don't find that. Hu himtin sha'ashem yagin lo belishu yishal. He put him in jail. He put him in jail. And he said, okay. Whenever HaKadosh Baruch wants to tell me what to do, he'll tell me what to do. Moshe did not ask for an answer. Simon Lakach, exactly what I just said. If Moshe is going to ask, what's he putting him in jail for? Ask on the spot. By the end of the parsha, we know Moshe Rabbeinu, one of the one of the uniquenesses of Moshe compared to any other Navi, it's one of our animamins, is that Moshe can ask Hashem whenever he wants. Every other Navi has to wait and they have to be unconscious, has to be in a trance. Moshe can ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what Moshe had to put him in jail for? Oh, all right, he wasn't, he wasn't asking. He didn't ask. Look, I'm Machari from Magadev. Vayanichol, so b'mishprak, ilo forash, mayasalo. Look, I'm Mekoshi Shechim. Ilo ayam Moshe, shol mi piyashem dinam. If Moshe was asking, la maizor, la simos, so b'mishprak. You don't have to do. Right after he put, right, right away, ask, and they know what to do with him. No, but it's dinin nefashis. So Moshe wanted to wait. Because Moshe Rabbeinu has rachmanis, even on the Mekoshi and the Magadev. Every second of life. Well, Kosh Baruch wants to tell me what to do, I'll wait. He acted b'metinus. He acted with patience, and that's by those two. But, next column, but by the other two, which are called Dine Mominus. Why are they called Dine Mominus? It just means that somebody has a claim. Somebody feels a lack. That's by regular Mominus, like Brunoslavka, but even by Pesach Sheni. They felt a lack. They were left out. It's not real mominous, but it's the same kind of character of mominous as somebody somebody is missing something. Somebody feels that they're denied their rights. Hulo himted. So what Moshe does not wait. What does he do? He asks Bizrizus. Hashem, what's the answer? What does Moshe say? Listen to what I'm going to tell you. What do you mean listen to what I'm going to tell you? You didn't know the answer. Because he's going to ask the Gaddish Baruch what the answer is. Elohu shalas Hashem v'zireis es hatshuva bedinam imdu b'shmam ha'itzav Hashem b'nei atzmei l'nefesh adam imloshal echu omar lahem sheyamdu v'shmudinam how does how does he know that he's going to get the answer? It must be that he's going to ask. End of line eight. Vayakrev Moshe es mishpatan be'inyan b'noz slafchad. There are mefurashim Moshe hikrev mishpatan al Hashem klomar shal dinam 
And then he says, as what we just said, even though Pesach Sheni is not monetary laws, but Hera, Moshe's Rizus, Moshe showed the same Rizus as he would by monetary. Because he saw that people felt that they were denied. So Moshe says, I'm going to stand up for them. Targum Yonasa Menuzio picks up on the four places. It's two and two. And Moshe consistently, when it comes to life and death, he takes his time. Chris Brachel will tell me whatever he wants to tell me. When it comes to somebody's rights, somebody feels that they were wronged, but no Slavchad. The P, the Tmei and the Pesach Sheni, Moshe Abedu stands up for them right away. He says, I'll, I'll ask. I'm going, to find, I'm going to find out. I'm not going to waste a moment. He asks his Rizus. Okay. So we had two thoughts on the menorah. We had one thought on the Levim. Now we're going to have two thoughts on Pesach Sheni. We had one. Let's go to the other one. I thought I had mentioned this in a Parshashir, but not in Baha'aloscha. So we'll mention it again now. I mentioned it in past other Shirim and other contexts. But this is one of the more basic Meshachachmas in the entire Sefer by Midbar. Maybe in the entire Torah. It says the Meshachachma. The Meshachachma is discussing the uniqueness of Carbon Pesach. It's Pesach Sheni, but he has his this thesis in Baloscha and not in Parshas Bo, where you might have thought to find it, but it's right here. What is so unique about Carbon Pesach? And let's start with two of his questions, and then we'll get to his answer. Question one. The Medrash and the Gemara has a Havamina that every convert, every Ger, when he converts, has to bring a Carbon Pesach. Even if he converts in the middle of the summer. Yochom Miyad, he quotes the Medrash later on, which we'll look at it soon. Yochom Miyad, no. But the Hav is a Havamina, that every Ger has to bring a Karban Pesach when he converts. Why? Special Karban is for a Ger, but Karban Pesach? That's a holiday Karban. There's no Havamina to bring the, the Musafin of Sukkis. So why is there a Havamina? that a gear would have to bring a carbon Pesach on the day that he converts. Question one. Question two. Chizkiyo HaMelech. When he purified the Beis HaMikdash from all the Avodah Zarah of his, of his Russia father. When Chizkiyo HaMelech purified the Beis HaMikdash and he goes through the story, which we'll see in a second, he brought a carbon Pesach. And again, it wasn't Pesach time. He actually brought a carbon Pesach on the Beis HaMikdash. And again, the Meshachachma says, Why? Just read Tanakh. So the Meshachachma develops this thesis with many rites. Carbon Pesach is a defining carbon in our calendar. It is one that's the basis of our emuna, and it's the one that counters Avodah Zarah, that counters our connection to Avodah Zarah. De Matzano, line 7. Big kind of, quote, one or two other amazing rites to this soon. We find various times when Bnei Israel separated from Avodah Zarah to Avodah Hashem Lishmoham Yuchad Hoya Al Yedei Pesach. The way that Bnei Israel are weaned away from idolatry is through Karban Pesach. Well, first of all, think about the first one, right? The first one in Mitzrayim. We took the God of the Egyptians and we sacrificed it to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. No need to. That, that was the first time. But says the Meshachachma throughout history, you see that come up again and again. 
even after he got rid of all the Tuma. Number one, You might think a ger is to bring a carbon pesach immediately. What's the havamina? Because what's a ger? He's separating himself from other other religions, other beliefs. Avodazara. So that's why there's a Havamina. Maybe every Ger should have to. It's not a crazy Havamina. Kamash one, he doesn't have to. You know what? Wait till Pesach. Bring it with the rest of the Jewish people. But you understand the Havamina. Why you would think so? Why? How does the Pesach symbolize Emuna? Ki Pesach line 18, Mora al Ashkacha Pratis. Carbon Pesach symbolizes special Ashkacha Pratis. How? Because we're sitting in our in our root in our houses, and the blood's on the doorway. And Akadosh Baruch Hu passes over our houses, and he kills every firstborn that's next door to us. And even if the firstborn is in our house, every Jew is saved. Hashkacha Pratis. That's the carbon. Asher Mitsuyanim by Yisrael Mikol Amim. Asher Hivdo Ben Amu Bnei Yisrael Ben Yisrael Mitzrayim. Umoral Hayosov Ba'atzmo Yisrach Hakadosh Baruch Hu's in charge. Hapoel Belishum Emsoyim Sovev without any intermediary. V'shalom Kahaomrim Asher Tachas Hashkacha So Lurmalato Lukochos Ateva. Not like those who say that he left over. He created the world, maybe, but then he's gone. He has a lot of other things, more important things to do. No, Hakadosh Baruch Hu's involved. And he's all powerful. Line three. Umorasher Hashem Yisbarach wrote to Bekim on him soim. He's interested. V'chevron Eshiz that he wants people to be together. How do you know that? Karman Pesach is the only carbon that you have to eat in groups. It's the only one. And if you're not designated by a group beforehand, you can't eat it. Right? You can't. That's a big Shiloh. That's a halak ma'anya. Kol dif and yisavi'echol. You can't eat Karman Pesach unless you're designated beforehand. So how can we invite people off the street? Okay. It's a kasha. Next time this year. But that's what the, uh, he says. The only the only carbon that you eat in a group, because Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants an am, he wants a group. He wants everybody to have this carbon, and then he even says, not only does he want groups, he wants everybody to realize that everybody is equal under God. To quote it. Next paragraph. Everybody has that special connection to Hashem. How do we know that? Because every person has to get a chela kedekazayis of the Pesach, and it's not even like other karbanos where we give part of it to the kahanim. By Pesach, even the part that usually goes to the kahanim from the carbon shlamim, which Pesach is part of the larger category of the chazay and the shok, it doesn't go to the kohen, because every Jew is equal in the eyes of God. Every Jew should be together, and every Jew is equal. These are all Yisodos of Emuna that come along with the carbon Pesach carbon. And then he finally says a uh, beautiful punchline. There are only two times. I'm not going to read the whole thing here. I gave it to you. Says the Meshachachma, there are only two times in. There were only two times in the Midbar that Bnei Yisrael brought the carbon Pesach, right in year. Year one, they brought it because they were in Mitzrayim. In year two, and in year 40. That was it. So some say, oh, it was Bakoa, they didn't have a Brisbane Okay. But is there any more positive reason? Says the Meshachachma, yes. Because those two years, they needed the Karman Pesach. Right after the Egel, and right after Baal Pa'or. 
right after the two most egregious Avodah time periods in the early history of the Jewish people, Dafka Karim Pesach, because that's what helps to counter Avodah So Dafka, Kodesh Baruch Hu had it, that those years we needed it, bottom of the column where it's underlined. In the second year, after the Egel, to distance them, to purify them. Also in the 40th year. They, made, they went after Balpa'ar by Yitzmar Yisrael. Oh, Siva Hashem Yisbarach Lassos, Pesach Begilgo, right after they crossed, they had to do it again, even before the 14 years of Kibush Vechiluk. Because the Kaddish Baruch Hu says, you need, you need this now, after the Avodah Zarah that you have gone through. He just adds at the end, according to this whole Svarah then, if it's all the counter of Avodah Zarah, Sheva Levi shouldn't have needed to bring the carbon then. They didn't participate in the Egel. So they shouldn't have needed to bring it in year two. But he says, once Klai Yisrael are obligated, they're thrown into. That's what he says on line 6 on the second column. I'm sorry, I skipped. You think about it. It says, once they're part, line 15. Once the Jewish people have to bring it. For whatever reason. Because they're part of the Jewish people. Pesach Shein. Feel free to read the parts that we skipped after. Okay, moving right along. Moving right along. Another beautiful discussion that we have in this parsha. I'm not going to go through the Masos now. We have the transfer or the beginning of the transfer of leadership. Yisro comes. We have the Nunanafuchin. We have the um, complaining, the misoninim. Finally, we have Parakud Aleph. We have the transfer of leadership. Pasuk Tezayin. By Yomar Hashem Moshe, Esvali Shem Mish Mizikna Yisrael gather seventy people. Asher Yadata Game Zikna Mishotra. Viorati Vidibarti Im Chasham. Viatsalti Min Aruach Asher Alecha. Visamti Alehem. I'm going to take some of your ruach and put it on them. Vinasu Itchab Masaha Ambelo Tisa Atol Vadecha. You won't have to deal with it alone. And then it talks about the Slav. Continuing. Vayered. Pasach Chav Gimel. Chav Dalid. Chav Hei. Vayered Hashem Be'anon Vaydaberi Lav. Vayatzal Min Haruach Asher Allah. Vayitin Al Shivim Ish HaZakeinim. Hashem takes some of the Ruach that was on Moshe and he puts it on the Zakeinim. Vayikinoach Alem Haruach Vayisnabu Velo Yasafu. This was one of the earliest types of Smicha. Of Smicha. Right? Going on to other Zakanim, we have also elsewhere the um, Moshe Rabbeinu specifically with Yoshua ben Nun. Yoshua ben Nun is involved here. He's very upset that anybody else is getting any power. But this is the this is the uh, sugya, not sugya, one of the places in, in uh, the Torah where we have the pa- the concept of transfer of authority, smicha, giving the power to to others. It's a beautiful thought. I was going to mention someone actually one of the Magidish here mentioned it on Shavuos night, but um, I was going to mention it, uh, and here it is. Says the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Dafyu Daud, source number 10. A story about Smicha. Shepa Machas, Gozre Machas, Arish, Gzeral Yisrael. One time, the first Gemara in Sanhedrin, Yudalid, the Romans made Gzera that Shekal Hasomech Yehareg, anybody who gives Smicha, 
who gives Rebbe the Talmud smicha will be killed. And anyone who gets smicha will be killed. And any city that smicha is gone in will be wiped out. And the whole city will be demolished. The Romans knew that Torah and the transfer of Torah to the next generation is what keeps Kalani Yisrael going. So not only did they forbid Talmud Torah, they forbade Rebbe to Talmud relationships and giving over that authority. So Ma'az Rebbe Yehuda ben Baba, what did Rebbe Yehuda ben Baba do? Halach v'yashav lo ben shnei harim gedolim. He went and sat between two mountains. Uben shnei ayaras gedolos and between two cities. Uben shnei tchumei shabbos, ben ushul shifraam up north. He's he sat in between, so no city would be wiped out. He didn't want to take any chances. He sat between borders. And what did he do? He took five of his greatest students. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eloi, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Ben Shemua, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, he gave smicha to them. The Romans heard about it somehow. Banai Rutsu. He told his students, run, run, start running. Amrulo Rebbe, Matei Alecha, what about you? What about you? We can't leave you. Amrulahan, he says, Harini muta lefneim be'keeven she'in lahovchim. I can't move. I'm, I'm older, I'm frail. You just go, don't worry. Don't worry about me. What could I do? You run. Amru, they say, Lo zazum isham achenatsu bo shlosh meos lunvio shel barzel. They didn't, he didn't move from there until the Romans speared him with 300 spears. And they made him like a sieve. Rehuda ben Baba. Answer of Salvation. Giving smicha to a student is not one of the big three. Those are the big three. Giving smicha to a Talmud is not one of the big three. Say, how can Rehuda ben Baba give his life? How can he kill himself? Basically committed suicide. He didn't kill suicide. But he killed himself to give smicha. Rabbi Riskin, in his new autobiography, quotes what the Rav said at his Chag smicha. This Vart. He has this kasha on Rehudim and Baba. How did he do it? Line 6. Obviously, as Rav Salvation pointed out, this was an act of Kiddush Hashem, sanctification of God's name. Although, as he also pointed out, it's difficult to understand. There are three sins for which a Jew is commanded to sacrifice his life. Smicha is not counted among those mitzvahs which one man should die. So the Rav said, when we talk about smicha, leaning, literally smicha, today's Dakyomi spoke about smicha, leaning on an animal. The Rav asked, what does the term smicha mean? Laying of the hands. This is indeed generally what happens. The rabbi places his hands on the head or the shoulders of his disciple and in this way confers upon his student the authority to give rabbinic direction and make halakha decisions. What's the significance? What does it mean, lismoch? It's to rely on, to lean on. Ask the Rav, who is really leaning on who? In smicha. We might have thought that it's the younger generations, it's the students leaning on their rabbayim. All of us who have a... Sh- uh, gotten smicha, we're like, who do, what smicha? I lean on my rabbis. Right? Every time I have a question, I still call them. Right? We always, we lean on the rabbayim. That's how we would have understood smicha. Who's leaning on who? But really, said the Rav, when you see an elderly gentleman, an elderly person leaning on a cane, leaning on a, a younger person, who's leaning on who? It's the older one leaning on the younger one. 
Said the Rav, you know what smicha is? Smicha is when a Rebbe gives himself eternity. When a Rebbe makes himself alive in the next generation. When he says, I'm not going to die after 120. I'm going to live through you. I'm going to live through you students who carry on the torch of the Mesorah. That's what smicha is. It's a Rebbe leaning on the Talmidim. You have to take it. You have to take it with you. Said the Rav, Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba didn't give his didn't didn't give over his life for smicha. He didn't die at the hands of the Romans because of what he did. What he did gave himself eternal life, and that's why he did it. Just the opposite. Therefore, said Rabbi Salvechik at the end, Rabbi Yehuda ben Baba was not sacrificing his life by ordaining his students. He was rather giving himself eternal life. He understood very well that if the tradition had died, it would have been as if he had never lived. If he didn't give smicha, he would have died. But now that he gave smicha, now he lives. That's smicha. That's a rough salvation. Okay. That's why he's like a sieve. A sieve goes right through. Goes right through. Okay, it said that afterwards, but he was like, right, Nasakakvara, right, a sieve passes through, passes through to the next generation. Right, doesn't get stuck. Doesn't get stuck at the end. It goes right through. Beautiful. Okay, two more ideas for the evening. Two more, and then I got to run. Um, got to go back to yeshiva. Uh, says the Torah in the last parsha, the last section. Last section we know Miriam and Avia, Miriam and Aaron speaking lashon hara about Moshe Rabbeinu. Miriam gets sick. Saras. But the Torah tells us the famous Pasik, Vahaish Moshe, Perakud Base Pasagimel, Vahaish Moshe Anav Maod, Mikalha Adama Sharapneha Adama. Moshe was very humble. More humble than any man. Mikalha Adama Sharapneha Adama. Let's talk about humility for a minute. Says the Chafetz Chaim. Says in Perkyavos in Source 13, Maod Maod Havishvaruach. We should be very, very humble. Ma'od ma'od ruach. We've discussed that in the past, the four times that it says ma'od ma'od in, uh, in Shulchan Aruch, in the tour. Not for now. Out of all the midos that Chazal focus on, there's a lot of emphasis on another. Yes, the Ramam talks about the two unique midos, you have to go to the extreme. But we'll go with the Chavetz Chaim. Why is there such a focus on another? Why? Why Dafka? Why Dafka Anava? It's got to be something deep here. Many answers. Says the Chafetz Chai. Amnam Yadua. Ki ba'olam hazeh in kol tashlum anavar mitzvah. We never get schar. It's impossible to get schar in this world for a mitzvah. The entire world is not big enough to give schar for wearing sitzes one day, to give schar for lighting Shabbos candles one day. The world isn't the, the world doesn't have the ability. It's just not the world isn't big enough. What does that mean? It's different terms. Schar for a mitzvah and a gashmi world. Those two those two can't fit together. Explains the Chavetz Chaim line eleven. There's a qualitative difference between 
the schar, any schar that we could get in this world, and a schar for a mitzvah. They're, they're apples and oranges. Because mitzvahs are spiritual, since mitzvahs are spiritual, how can you get a physical reward for them? You can't. That's why for every mitzvah, you can't get a schar in this world. You can't even describe it. The Torah doesn't talk about it because the Torah, there's no way to describe it. There's nothing in this world that, that can give us schar except for one thing. There's one thing in this world that's in the same category as schar for mitzvahs because it's also not something physical. It's also something not tangible. And that's covered. Covered. Honor. Somebody gets honor. That's not physical. It's not gashmi. Makes me feel good. Harav, agon, rashkabahag. Oh, no. Right? They call him a chubid. What kind of schar is that? That's not physical schar. So it's in, it's obviously, it's nowhere near the ultimate schar for a mitzvah, but it's at least in the realm. It's in the category. Says the Chavetz Chaim, that is why more than anything else, we have to guard ourselves for covet, from any covetedness, covetedness, it doesn't mean to roll around in the dirt and not wear nice clothes and make people look down upon you. Obviously, covetedness Torah. The Gemara says, Chacham can't have a stain on his shirt. Right? He's Chayim Misa, he has a stain on his shirt. He's got to be a, he's act appropriately. But in terms of the, the, the yearning for covet, says the Chavetz Chaim, if we do that, then any covet that we get deducts from Olam Haba. Because that's the same category. That's also not tangible. And that's why Chazal have such an emphasis on humility, on Shval Ruach, on not striving for that type of, of, uh, of schar, because that's not what we need to look for. Right? It's not. We have to just make it so foreign to us. I've quoted in the past, the amazing, they say whenever Shlomo Zalman was at a, uh, was at a dinner, was at a function, so they used to introduce him. They used to say, I like to now call the Posek Ador, Rabban Shakal Yisrael, and Shlomo Zama wasn't flinching. He was just on the sign. And the, the one who, who the whole world, the whole world rests on his shoulders, the other, the, and he wasn't moving. And all of a sudden they said, Shlomo Zama Shlita. And all of a sudden he turned bright red and very angry. He, Mamish, did not think that they were talking about him. He didn't think, he's like, who are you talking about? Until they said his name, and that's when he turns red. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He used to get letters. They write in Chigam Amtachan, of course, that he used to get letters from, from and he used to like look at the, who it is addressed to. And Rashkebai, he used to like, he used to throw it. He couldn't, he couldn't touch it with all the titles. He couldn't. He told his wife, open it. I don't know. I can't. It was just so foreign to him. It was ingrained. Some people like that. It's just, just it's so foreign. That's what he says. That's what he says. Chavetz Chaim says that's why we have to be. It has to be so far. Rish Moshe Maod, even after he was the the leader of Am Yisrael. If you look in the next source, in source fourteen on top, quote a story that one time the Chavetz Chaim went to Moscow, right for some Asek Betzarachi Tzibur, and when it was found out that he was going, he went. He dafka hid where he was going and when he was going. He didn't want anybody to. He didn't want anybody to like greet him with a big. You know, pompous circumstance. And when it's found, I don't like today, well, now every, every, 
Everybody who goes anywhere, there are big signs and, and, and uh, you know, about articles and ads, so-and-so is coming to this neighborhood. Chavaz Chaim didn't want anybody to know. No, no, I'm going to do my business. So they asked him, why, what are you so, what are you so, just, just let, let us greet you. Says the Chavaz Chaim on line six. I'm sure that you eat kugel on Shabbos. Even those of us, those who live in Chutzla Aretz, who have Motsoi Shavuos on a Thursday night, and tomorrow is Erev Shabbos, probably still going to have kugel on Shabbos. And then let's say there's only one kugel in the house. Sometimes people make an Erev Shabbos kugel. Right, but let's say there's only a Shabbos kugel in the house, and you're having guests. Right, what do the Balabasta will say? Find something else to eat. Don't eat the kugel now. Tomeh Chaim Zachu is limited. Yanki kugel, Ochlan Rak Peshavis, save it Peshavis. Vesiyem, says the Chavitz Chaim, Kavod Zeo Kugel. Vaochlan Mosarak Vyom Shakula Shabbos. I'm saving my kugel. I'm saving my kugel. I don't need the kugel on Erev Shabbos. I can save it. Vim Yoba Mishahu. Lachlo Be'erev Shabbos. Azjichok Leo Sorab Shabbos. You want to eat it now? You're going to lose out next on Shabbos. Says the Chavetz Chaim. That doesn't mean we shouldn't have Tomeh Chaim Zachu. But the Chavetz Chaim, on his level, you know, he said, "I want to, I want to save my kugel. I want to save my kugel for Shabbos." Oh, he quotes a, an amazing story. He says, "Somebody once came to him and says, Rebbe, I don't understand." The Chazal say, "If you run away from Kavod, Kavod runs after you." I've been running away from Kavod for so for so long. So why hasn't the Kavod caught up to me yet? Chavetz Chaim says, "You keep turning around and checking if it's behind you, though." Right? That's he says, "You can't can't keep checking if it's behind you." Anyway, one other source related to Anava, which uh, again I've mentioned in other contexts, and that is the last lines of Mesecha Sota tell us, Memtesim Abeis, the Mishnahis there go through what, which Mida was finished at the end of every, every epoch of history. And whenever Tana died, uh, after he lied, there's no more real Chesed, there's no more real this, and no more real that. So the Mishnah says, Mishareh Meis Rebbe Batla Anava. When Rebbe died, Rebbe Danasi, Anava and Yiras Chait pass by. There's no more real true humility in the world after Rabbi Udanasi. Amalei Rav Yosef, Latana, Rav Yosef said, Lotus the Anava. That's not true about Anava. Dika Anava. I'm still here. That's not true about Anava. I'm here. Dika Anava. What are you getting so excited there? Rabbi Udanasi. I'm here, says Rav Yosef. The question is obvious. So says the Gra. What's going on here? Source number 15 says the Grah, if you look at the Yerushalmi, nowhere in Bavli, if you look at the Yerushalmi, there's a Tana named Anna. So the Grah was said that Rav Yosef was saying, no, 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 Anna's still around. Anna's the person's name. That's what he means. Okay, that's the Gavos of the Grah. He knows the Yerushalmi. But I once heard a shot that maybe there's something deeper here that Rav Yosef is talking. Who's Rav Yosef? What do we know about Rav Yosef in, the, in, in, uh, in Shas? Rav Yosef, many times in Shask, Subas Dachbeis, other places, Rav Yosef was sick and he forgot a lot of his learning. And his Talmudin, many times, had to remind him. Rav Yosef would give a shear and his Talmud would say, no, 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 Rebbe, that's wrong. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, Rebbe, you told us. You taught us otherwise. He's like, I did? So Rav Yosef lost a lot of his learning. So Rav Yosef says, humility hasn't died. Why? know. look at my life. Look at what I've been through. Look at the the, the fickle nature of life. And mi odea yom. Who knows what's going to be tomorrow? You want to have humility? Well, you have Who knows what's going to be in 10 minutes from now? Who knows what's going to be in a week, in a, in a month? 
So we can still learn about humility, even in our day and age, even after Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, says of Yosef, look in my life. So we should always remember the message of Rav Yosef, always the message of the Chavetz Chaim, all the messages, we should daven when we do mitzvahs, we should always have the game plan of Rav Nissen Alpert, and we should remember Chamisha Chum Sheitor, five that are one-fifth. Next week we'll get back to Wednesday, the following for, for Shlach, the following week we will probably have to do it earlier in the week, uh, the next two, and then the next um, eight after that will be from uh, from Camp Cayley in uh, in New York. But the next two, next week, uh, Wednesday, will be a regular time. The following week will probably be earlier in the week. Okay, we'll stop here.